Welcome to uh, Under the Radar with uh, me, Sean Hughes. Brilliant guest as ever. Astrid is in with me again. Hello. And uh, later on, we'll be talking to Ruben Castro, who's a pest exterminator. But my special guest, I always like them to introduce themselves. Uh, tell us uh, who you are, John, and uh, explain yourself in 800 words. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name's John Kearns, uh, stand-up comedian. Um, and... Uh, yeah, my life's kind of changed because I won an award last year, so I wouldn't have classified myself as that full-time. Well, you wouldn't so. have classified yourself as a comic. I would have, but not, like, full-time. No, well done. I saw the show, and it's great. And, uh, like, people really, really love the show, don't they? It's been nice. It, people are, um... It, yeah, no, some pe- Lots of uh, mid-twenties men who are still living at home. That's uh, your core audience? Absolutely. They, 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 they're very happy with it. <laughs> and, um... At the end, when I get all the guys up as well, because I, I played around with getting everyone up, and yeah. then I just get the men up at the end. Um, girls have been really, like, they felt empowered by seeing all these men just kind of holding each other at the end of the show. It is, it is very beautiful. But so Because uh, also, the first thing I wanted to say to you, because yeah, we were just talking slightly off air about, uh, because it was London, and that's where you're from, yeah. all your friends and family were coming along. Mm. Which, uh, like, weirdly, people go, oh, isn't that great, that's supportive. But I cannot stand that. No, I, well, it's obviously amazing that they came, but when you haven't seen someone for eight years, and there's ten of them, like, I, mem- I, mem- I went downstairs to the bar, and they were all sitting there with the, uh, kind of girlfriends and boyfriends and I couldn't tell if I had forgotten their names and I'd gone to school with them or like, I've never met them before right they're all saying hello well done and they all give you these looks like but you can't believe I'm here <laughs> and you're just looking at them like uh, no I can't, can't believe it and then you get messages going sorry I didn't make it and it's like it was on for three weeks and you're, you get angry then if yeah. they didn't because you're like well but, yeah, it's, like, I remember my dad came to, like, my dad would not like my comedy, but he came because he felt he should be supportive, but sat in the front and fell asleep. <laughs> so that was a fairly tough gig. But I, I had a weirder one, uh, just on, because I'm on tour at the moment, and I played Milton Keynes, and there's a super fan who lives there who goes to my shows. She was sitting in the front, which I don't mind, but she was wearing a T-shirt with my face on it from 20 years ago. <laughs> so that's really off-putting. <laughs> And I'm just saying to her, can you please, this, I don't really need to see what I used to look like, it's staring at me throughout the whole show. Did you used to, what was that, was that merchandise? Yeah. You had a picture of, you should have a, You should have one now for this tour, just contrast. Well, I know, well yeah. Well, well, on the back, put it on the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here and now. But, um, it's, uh, but that is, uh, it, it's hard, because also when friends come along as well, they never say, I love the show and stuff, so you're left with that kind of silence for a little bit, where oh, you yeah. have to kind of go, well, did you like it? Well, they ignore it. Yeah. They completely ignore it. But And they also, it's their night out as well. So they're getting, you know, leathered. Because, hmm. you know, they're, they're at the Soho Theatre. They've never been there before. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, this is great, this place. It's open till one. And, uh, <laughs> you haven't seen them for eight years, so you can't go. And, uh, I mean, uh... God, that I felt I felt the work was Afterwards, after the show. Yeah. Um, when you did your standard, did, you, did your folks go along? I did a thing at Hackney once, and my whole family came. And uh, my mum, dad, my sister, my, several of my cousins, cousins turned up, and they literally sat in the front row because they were so excited. Yeah, but this, it's this, just horrendous. This is the thing that my, my cousins came, and they're thirteen and fourteen, and um, a lot of people in the audience didn't know they were cousins, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> the stewards were looking at him like, you know, this isn't the Lion King kind of thing. But it was great because, like, at the end of my... But you do have a horse. I was, exactly. It's not exactly... Um, but, like, I, I put a dress on and stuff, and I just remember looking at my cousin, who's, like, 13, and I did... I don't know, but I kind of felt... Had you seen them at Christmas? Uh, I had, yeah. No, they give, they give me a 20 quid check as well. I was doing all right. But they... they check or a, a voucher? Check. Right, that's very Checks. old. <laughs> Is that old? Well, you hear that? I think grandmothers are the only ones who give checks, isn't it? The postal orders. <laughs> stamps. So stamps. Checks. I haven't had a check like that for ages. But... Also, when when you won the award, uh, I, I saw you getting the award, and you made a really good speech. Right. Like, it was quite a pointed speech, wasn't it, about the industry? Yes. So, well, can you tell me what it was? <laughs> when you got? Yes, I did. Uh, no, I, uh, well, I, I kind of... Um, well, I just... Basically, the, uh, the lead-up to Edinburgh, I was getting um, lots of meetings with agents and stuff, but it was very vague, and... Uh, they, I, I remember getting one email that said I, I was too niche for a, and then in quotes, comedy audience. So then I remember one night I read it out on stage and I made a joke about it being in inverted commas, like people that like me aren't exactly comedy <laughs> audiences kind of thing. Um, and then over Edinburgh, it kind of started quite quietly, but then as Edinburgh works, like momentum was building and then people were emailing but, me. But you were at the free fringe as well, yeah, so which is harder to... Well, that's the thing, like if anybody wanted a comp or anything, they had to email me personally. It wasn't, like, yeah. there was no, there's nobody coming in who I didn't know. So everyone I knew coming in, I knew where they were sitting. I'd sorted it all out, like that morning. So all of a sudden I was getting emails from people saying they wanted to come and these were people months previous who wouldn't have taken a risk taking me up to Edinburgh or anything like that. And then... But did you have an agent already at this point? No, no, no. Right. No. She's just looking after yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then when I won it, I was looking at people in that room who had told me months previous that I was too niche and it wasn't going to work. And it just felt really good. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I, are they the ones you ignored then? Or, like, have you got an agent now? Oh, yeah, the, the agent I've got... Now, um, I, tr I tried for a few months to not have an agent, if I'm honest, but I... What a maverick. Nearly had a, <laughs> nearly had a breakdown. So, um, I just, uh, yeah, the ones that I've got now, are, I, I didn't go back to anyone who kind of... You didn't? No, no, no. Well, well, if they didn't take the risk the first time... Yeah. But you, how many years had you been going up to Edinburgh before that? Uh, that, that was my third third year in a row I'd been previously but I'd done two showcases and the showcases were rough if I'm honest like I did the reserves in the Pleasance Dome and it was like you know I, m I remember standing next to a bloke at the till I was sorting out a comp and this bloke just rocked up it was nine o'clock and he said to the girl on the till oh everything's sold out what's on and because they have to sell the show they went four up and coming comics uh, really good it's only it's only seven pounds and then she just pointed at me and went, he's on it. <laughs> and he looked at me and went, um, are you any good? And I just went, yeah. He just bought one. And I felt that was the audience for the whole run. It was just yeah. people that turned up Edinburgh going, let's get, let's go see yeah. some comedy and everything's sold out. And so they go and see a showcase. But that, no, that is bizarre because Edinburgh, I find Edinburgh audience can be a bit tough because they're there to see comedy. They're not there to see you. And yeah. as you say, if they go, well, we, yeah, I've heard of him, we'll we'll take a chance. I'm not going, oh, I can't wait to see what he's doing this year. 
But you're going to go up there f- uh, this year now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same room as well. So you're doing the free fringe? Yeah. And so, so that's quite literally at the end, you just say, give us what you like. Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, there's a bucket at the back. But the thing is, you, you do push I think that. they'll all be used for the floods, so you're going to have to get some <laughs> other device. <laughs> they, um, I, but the thing, the thing is, it, it makes sense to me simply because it's free. It, I, you know, I wrote, and I think it made me a better comic writing for a free show because I knew what venue I was getting, but you only know that, say, February time. So whilst you're writing, you're not thinking maybe, oh, blackout there, sound there, I need quiet at that moment. You're writing thinking, I could be anywhere. So I specifically wrote a show where I need to plug in an iPod and everything I've got is in my bag and all I need is a mic, which I know is, you know, purists would say that you don't need the bag or an iPod, you just need the mic. Yeah. But um, do, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like... But did, did you know individually who, who actually gave the most at any one point during the run? Uh, there was 20 quids in there sometimes. That's nice. Yeah. Is it, but is it where they put 20 in and get 10 out? Or? <laughs> <laughs> can you do that? Well, you, I'm sure you, you can. I remember, like, p- people came and, like, um, I remember Russell Kane came because he's friends with um, my mate Greg, and so Greg told him to come along, and he he told me that he'd lost thousands of pounds doing his smallness show. Yeah. Because he was doing it in a really tiny venue in the Pleasance, and he said he'd lost thousands promoting it because he was... There was these huge posters for yeah, him. Yeah, but he shouldn't have promoted it then if he was doing a small room. Well, that's what, that's what, yeah. I, mean, that's what I thought. But he, I remember him looking at the bucket, wondering... Like, I'll what take is some this? of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let him fly. You think Russell Kane took some of it? Come every night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan, I'm just... I'm going to sit at the back, if that's all right. <laughs> By the bucket. He's got his own bucket. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, it was... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. In my head, I'm thinking, if I do, do free now, then... In years to come, we'll fleece them. I could, I could charge them fifty quid <laughs> to fifty quid and get the O two. <laughs> and so, have you started writing the new show then? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it in Leicester on Saturday. What? So you've got it written already? Well, it, there's a shape to it, right? So is that how you work? Because, like, as I say, like people still don't understand. Would you say you're a character comic? Um. Well, the thing is, I I, I wouldn't classify myself as that. That's what I thought. I. Yeah. What I what I'm saying is pretty much tr- true, and like I deliberately didn't give what I I did a name. Like I didn't call what whoever I'm playing on stage Brian, for example. Yeah. Because then I didn't want it to be like say this year it doesn't go well and people go oh you should really bring back uh, sure. Brian. So it, it's almost kind of like <laughs> do you know like the Peter Serafinowicz show? It's yeah. kind of it's him. Do you know like. Just various facets of yeah, your personality. Yeah, exactly. You know, like on stage, I mean, you're sure you're you're an, you're you're an exaggeration of your own self. Yeah. So my exaggeration was to get that voice out of me. I had to kind of muck around by playing weird funk music and wearing a wig, and it kind of it wasn't the path I particularly maybe when I was growing up wanted. When, you know, when you start out listening to because you, you, you had the teeth in as well, so that, that's just gone now for the next show, or will that be? Um, well, I think well, well, what I'm doing on Saturday, and if it changes, it changes. But it's the idea that I've created a monster 
and that I'm kind of Frankenstein trying to run away from it. Right. So uh, I'm kind of trying to write a show about how is this what I'm going to be remembered as? And so, how, like, so at the moment, it's just—is it—is it slightly vague at the moment, or have you got a whole structure for it? Is it? Yeah, no, there's a, there's a structure. So it's about uh, at the moment. Again, this is what I'm doing on Saturday. Like in a couple of months' time, I might listen back to this and think. But it's about uh, being trapped because after Edinburgh, although it was great, I felt uh, really uh, it kind of scared me a little bit. If I'm what the success? The success. Absolutely, yeah. Well, everything was controlled. I had such control before Edinburgh, you know? Yeah. Because I wasn't working with anyone else. uh, And when I came back from Edinburgh, it it was far too overwhelming. But, but again, you can, like, you know, obviously people will try to get you to do things, but just say, no, this is what I'm going to do. Like, are are you trying to be pushed into projects that you don't particularly want to do? Not not that. It was was more like I had a full time job up until the end of October. What were you doing? I was a tour guide at the Houses of Parliament. It's all politics in this, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> where do they let people in? There's only certain bits of the... Well, uh, that, that, that's a very good question. But basically, what you had to do sometimes is take people round when it was open, obviously, like, so before, on a Tuesday, before half ten in the morning. But then they made you take them round when they were working. And that means that no one sees anything. So you'd have tours going round and you'd say... By the way, you're not going to see the House of Commons or the House of Lords. How do you get that job? Because I work with an actor recently who does it, Alex McQueen. You know Alex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does it. I don't know if he still does it. He no, not anymore. It. He's doing He's doing all right. No, he's doing all right. But he was doing it while he was doing all right as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he was in and the he thick of it. He wouldn't answer me. I said to him, how do you get the job? He said, oh, I can't tell you. Was it Fisher Secrets? Yeah, I think it was. His girlfriend was my boss for years. But so how did you get the job then? <laughs> Are you allowed to tell anyone? Yeah, you apply, you apply on the internet. Mm. Well, this, this internet, yeah. I'm going to start. everywhere now. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> yeah. Seems to be very handy it for is. a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, but did you have to do patter and stuff? No, I was, I was very, uh, very strict. But, but, but the thing is, you take kids round. I took kids round mostly. And right. I mean, you took like double foreign kids or no, 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 schools, schools, because they get they get to go free. Parliament pays for their travel to come, so a lot of them <laughs> get Parliament to pay for their travel. They come and see. Uh, like Billy Elliot and like kind of McDonald's for the week. Are you quite engaged politically? Um, uh, working there has has uh, focused me on certain things. Like I remember sitting up in the like, I sat up in the gallery and watched debates three times a week. And with all the kids around, you going shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you bring them up. Right. Um, but I remember being there for like when uh, like the Hillsborough stuff, like when, when David Cameron talked about that. Um, and that, that, that made me realise the importance of the place. Mm. But at the same time, I've also seen... I mean, the, the, the biggest... Like, for example, the House of Lords. I thought, this is getting very dry, but... <laughs> I actually, I actually, I would defend that. I would defend that system. Um, before I worked there, I didn't really know even what they did. Well, even the way they are elected. Well, they're not elected, just chosen, aren't they? Yeah. So you think that's a good way of doing it? I, uh... I think I the think House of so. Lords is yeah. good. I don't think elections are all that cracked up to me. Well, I just think... I think it's good to have a load of people who just go, you just tell us what you think. Because otherwise you're going to elect... If you stand for stuff like that, like you say, it should rule you out, shouldn't it? Well, I don't know, I just... It feels like it's a class system in place. <laughs> I, I well, there is. I, yeah, but... You notice that. Yeah, so I, I don't really like that. 
<laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, if they'd had the odd bin men, you know, saying yeah. you're a lord now as well. I don't want to know. What, why would you do that? Because then you get a sense of more... Stinking uh, there. Well, obviously you'd have a wash. Oh, right. <laughs> and he wouldn't be, like, in his overalls. He just, like, happens to be a bin man. How much, yeah, how much money a bin? That's like one of the... When you grow up, it's like... I'm never going to grow up, John. <laughs> I've no plans to do that. But, like, bin men... That, like, there's a, the myth... Not the myth, but the thing was that they're on a lot of money. Mm. I, I, when I was at college, I did it for a whole term... I don't think bin men normally work in terms. What, actually, <laughs> on, uh, on the truck? Easter term. I'll take a year out with the bin men. Uh, yeah, no, I got on the truck. Yeah, in Egham. Right. I was at, it was fantastic. At four o'clock in the morning. It was fantastic because I knew I was going to not be a bin man. <laughs> was the main reason it was a good job. <laughs> but yeah, I get up at four o'clock in the morning, get on the truck with the blokes, and you go around, and you don't th- well, you know what you do, doesn't he explain it? Well, yeah. And you're, you're done by 9.30, and you're in the pub well, at 11. Our bin don't come till about midday, so I don't know, have they changed the rules? This is the 80s. We had but, to back, I had to go back for a Latin grammar. Did you uh, go through the stuff, though? And get some... Uh... Go through the bins? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I assume people throw <laughs> out. There were uh, student grants then. No, but, no, surely, like, you hear things about... You'd be like, hey, you'd be surprised what people throw out. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so but they did, they did. There was a whole move. A lot of the guys did do that. Yeah, they did. When, they, when you go back to the main centre, that they... Have a look, yeah. I didn't. And, I was, and I was, what, you know. what did they ever find? Mainly old tins of beans. <laughs> what, unopened though? This was pre recycling, of course. Harvest Festival. Yeah. See, would you not like one of those guys in the House of Lords? No, they were horrible and their politics were terrible. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, left wing? <laughs> no, they were really, really right wing. Right, so. Uh, this well, is the big error, everyone thinks. <laughs> Get the bin men in, they're all going to be socialists. I'm not, not so saying much. I'm on just one, one bin man, one bin man. yeah. Just <laughs> and so did you and have, and also and they, leave at, also they leave at 9 30? <laughs> well, yeah, because so basically, they when a law goes by, they have to okay it, they, they can veto it, they yeah. can stop it passing three times. So, for example, yesterday, House of Commons voted, uh, they passed no smoking in cars with kids, right. With kids, with kids in the car. Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, so I, I saw people on Facebook going, "I can't believe they passed the law," and it's like, "Well, no, it has to." It, it hasn't gone. It hasn't it. gone anywhere. Yeah, like, there's loads could... of old blokes smoking kids, <laughs> kids are still saying, <laughs> "No, you're not doing that." Yeah, that's, all that's going to be is a load of people saying to the kids, "Doc, <laughs> I'm having a fag. Get down on the ground." <laughs> Because they can't enforce that. Are they going to just be spot-checking? No, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, I, I don't agree with it, but the idea is that... Like, so things like uh, the fox hunting ban and uh, the NHS... They're not allowed to smoke in front of kids, the, either. <laughs> yeah, foxes in cars. Fox, people have it in for foxes, haven't they? <laughs> they they won't let them do anything these days. Because they're, they're rife around London as well. Yeah. A lot of the time you, go, you think it's a cat. You know, on the wall there's about four foxes just going... You see, actually, they go through the bins as well. I was well. about to say, they're, yeah, right. they're proper bin men. Yeah. And they, they do it much earlier than my bin men. <laughs> they can get the stuff out straight away. I'm <laughs> a fox in the house of Well, yeah, because some of them dress like foxes anyway, don't they? Like, again, but this is all I... This is what I thought. But, like, you know, that's, that's once a year. Is it a fancy dress day? <laughs> no, that's, that's the only day they film, though, isn't it? <laughs> so once a year... Or the rest of the time they're in jeans and <laughs> bin overalls. <laughs> You know, they're on, um... Yeah, you know, it's, 
Uh, it's, yeah. But so, what, so they only dress like that once a year? Yeah, for the o- opening of Parliament. Right. So when the Queen comes, they dress like that. But they all can't fit in there anyway. There's over 800 of them. And does the Queen think they all dress like that all, all year round? She's really proud. Well, yeah, like, the Queen thinks the whole world smells like, like fresh paint, doesn't she? She's kind of, uh, she, she doesn't. <laughs> she guess that's the smell's probably gone now, to be fair. <laughs> She's getting on a bit, isn't she? 86. Heavy, heavy smoker. Well, no, all she smells is... I've got dogs. It's like, all she ever smells is kind of dog residue. Of course. <laughs> she's got about 15 corgis, hasn't she? And horses. She must and, stink. Yeah, and swans, all, all the yeah. swans are. That's, that's, they passed that law, didn't they, that all the swans belong to the Queen? Yeah, so it's illegal to kill a swan. It's illegal to kill a swan. Cause it's, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> well, yeah, it should be. <laughs> but even, even in self-defence. <laughs> you know, I think... That's well, a good law. I don't think people should go around killing swans for whatever the reason is. I can't go out and kill a swan. <laughs> it's yeah. just bloody yeah. house of lords. Yeah. But, and so did you have a favourite uh, politician in there, then? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, uh, there's a chap called Peter Bone. He's a conservative. Hates Europe. <laughs> can't <laughs> Never stand goes. What, did, Never you, goes did you drop uh, an atlas one day and went, Oh, get that away from me! <laughs> get those maps! <laughs> So, like, is he? Did he just tell you this, or is no? He, he just stands up every. He stands up every time he gets a chance. But he he always, whenever. So, for example, prime minister's questions. He always asks a question to the prime minister if he's picked from the viewpoint of his wife. So he stands up and says, "I was sitting at the breakfast table uh, this morning, and my wife turned to me and said, what is the prime minister doing about his deputy?'" Because he also hates Nick Clegg, <laughs> right. and then uh, and then you know everybody pisses himself. Like, like a couple of months ago, they did a debate on a Friday, and Friday debates are basically the mad ones, where uh, it's called a private members bill, and only it, that basically means one MP can go. Can we have a debate about this? And they go, yeah. <laughs> and so Peter Peter Bone had a debate about uh, <laughs> it was a list of if the prime minister dies. Who's next? <laughs> but they kept on going, and he'd written a list of about 12. And there's a g- of his possible candidates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a guy in there called Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah, uh, I've heard. Who is... He looks like a Dickensian Yeah, character. yeah, he is uber-Tory. Yeah. To the point where it's brilliant. Hmm. And, like, David Cameron hates him, because obviously he's trying to... He, 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 there's <laughs> a lot of hate in this uh, he, House of Parliament. Well, he's the opposite of what David Cameron wants people to know about the Tories. So right. what's funny is if you actually see him talk, he sits at the furthest end of the chamber that he can possibly sit. He sits right at the end. And there was having this... Peter Bone and him were having this debate, and there was only three people in the House of Commons about... And you. And, yeah, I'm sitting up there. But it was a debate. And so Peter Bone wrote the list of 12 people, he thinks, if the Prime Minister dies, if Nick Clegg dies, if George Osborne dies. But they kept on going, and then when they ran out of 12, they went, well... Who's number thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> and it just kept on going. So was there, was, was there anyone ridiculous towards the end of the list? <laughs> they started suggesting themselves, but then the speaker stood up and was like, "Can we go home now?" But, yeah, but it was kind of like you can't. Are you suggesting that you're prime minister? And then they everyone just kind of started laughing at the absurdity of this so debate. There's no filter on what they can debate. You can they can walk. If you're an MP, you can walk in on a Friday and say... If you've got enough people to what back... What are you going to do about can, David Moyes? If you've got enough... <laughs> He'll be free soon. <laughs> was an MP tabled a question that Alex Ferguson would become, um, like, a lord or, and things like that? 
whether it goes on to be debated isn't well, it, it depends on if people want to listen to it right. but haven't they got the same system that they have in america now that if you get a certain amount of people in a petition it has to be brought up if you get 100,000 signatures to number 10 yeah. it has to be talked about in committee or even the chamber because they didn't they, in america they, they they've just brought it in recently i think in america and they did that uh, to get um, justin beaver uh, deported yeah I think it was like over a hundred. I think it's Bieber. Thousand. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> I thought like, it was a Bieber. Well, I'm obsessed by foxes and uh, <laughs> and wildlife, Bieber. swans, and I, I'm I'm very glad I don't know what his is name is. Justin, thanks Justin, for making me feel foolish. Justin Bieber gets kicked out of his house in America. He's like, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? We've got a petition, mate. <laughs> but so you're going to miss those, those days, then? Well, the, the thing is, it's an institution. It's, it was like leaving prison. You know, at the end of Shawshank when he walks out. That oh well, up. thanks for spoiling it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. the old bloke. The old bloke walks out, and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, like, it's happened. You know, in old sitcoms, they all uh, they all walk out of a prison and look around, and like they get on the wrong bus and forget. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like they walked out to a different world. They look at a phone and go, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> they look at chocolate. I'm a bit like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's so institutionalised. You know, bells bells ring at exactly the same time. Once a year. Well, once a year, a bell rings. Um, <laughs> but you know, like. It's hard to get the the sounds and the right. the rhythms of the place out of you. Well, I'd never have thought of it like that. So it's just it's sure it's, that's not tinnitus that you have. <laughs> it's ringing in my ear <laughs> all um, the time. <laughs> what is this constant ring? Oh yeah, it's where I used to work. But because um, how often does uh, how often does, does Big Ben go off? <laughs> four it, times. Four times an hour. That's it. So just every quarter hour, or is it even something weird? Every, every quarter hour, right? Yeah. And just one little. No, no, no. Plays all, plays old tune, doesn't it? <laughs> what jingle bells? <laughs> um, so, and so, but so that's it now. No more full time work for you. No, no. It's um, yeah. Comedy. That's a big move for you. But the, yeah, that's kind of what I meant about the whole. Uh, it's been scared. The shift. Like it doesn't matter what change you go through; it could be the best change in in your life, but it's still a change. And so it just took me a while to adjust. But what, like, did you always want to be a comic? Yeah, yeah. And so, did you? Were you always doing things in that manner, even then? At like, sc- yeah, at school, I, I, I kind of wrote sketches and, and, and performed stuff, and then I started doing comedy at uni, and then since two thousand and always on your own, or uh, d- d- uh, well, at uni we kind of created a club. Um, Bullington. The Bullington Club, yeah. Um, Tom Moran and uh, Jack called John Britton and Pat Cahill, we all created this comedy club. And um, and then when I graduated in 2008, I just started from there, really. And, so, but did you ever do, like, straight stand-up, or was it always, yeah, I'm going to kind of do these variations on... Well, yeah, what, I, what, you, what you saw, I, I started... I did my first hour of comedy ever this time last year, and it was the first time I did what you saw. But because what what I really liked, and I, I kind of think I said it to you afterwards, was uh, who are these fifteen cousins? Um, <laughs> <laughs> are they here all night? <laughs> I, I remember uh, saying uh, like it's like because like obviously some people just go oh yeah it's wacky all those crap words that people use when they don't really understand stuff. But I found it extremely soulful. Well, like I mean, a lot of it is true, um, as in you know I. I don't know. Have you have you heard um, you know Richard Pryor's Mudbone? You know when he does that character. 
Yeah, mm. this old, the old guy. This old yeah. guy. Yeah. And if you listen to the, the audience, they they, all, they give it a reverence, mm. and it. I don't understand. I, I don't understand what makes it so powerful. I, well, is, truthful is it, stuff people still love to hear. Yeah, but it, I mean, the, the, the thing is, I think I, I mentioned this earlier. You, you don't set out to. I didn't set out to. I, obviously, I put the wig and all that stuff on, and everything Everything but was a decision I made. It's kind of anti-material as well, because you do that joke about Woody Allen as well. Yeah, which uh, kind of went interesting. Yeah, but that was great. <laughs> Around no, the end of the run. Yeah, because what, in what way? Well, I go, uh, I, I go, you know, I, go, I say, you know, the great comics, people like Woody Allen, and this was just at the time when uh, Dylan Farrow <laughs> wrote, Mm. Did you don't have the internet? Do you? No. She wrote. She wrote a letter saying that he you must know about this. Well, no, what? Oh, but this, this, yeah, go on. What's that, happening? That, that, what, what's happening in the world? He molested his daughter. Allegedly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. misheard. Yeah. So whenever I me- when I mentioned him, course, it was just yeah. this. Which is weird. <laughs> there's a slight tension. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, the, the whole idea that he says in that is um, the quote that I use is him saying, uh, "You got to rely on you being a funny person." And then the material follows. Obviously, I there was someone wrote a review saying that I compared myself to Woody Allen, which she obviously didn't hear the the end bit where I go, yeah, but he he has the material, like yeah. so the setup <laughs> being that kind of odd. But um, <laughs> and so how how are you adjusting to like pretty much not doing anything during the day? Oh, it took me a long. It took, I mean, it was difficult. But you, you're coping, okay. I'm all right now. Yeah. I recommend the bins. Have you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a part-time job. <laughs> well, you say you, you joke about that, but I, I, I might go back to doing tours part-time, just because it's like because cu- the noises you're missing the noises. Well, it's just the bells. <laughs> but like, it's yeah, an, I'll buy you a bell if you want. <laughs> just walk around like a, like a mayor. <laughs> um, but no, it's only an hour off in the morning. So, but do you know what I mean? It, it, it's. But have you have you started going into watching daytime TV and stuff now? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like ITV4, Cheers reruns. Yeah, no, that's that's the beginning of the end. But are you quite disciplined with the writing as well, though? But again, this is all stuff that I've had to learn because the the show that you saw was a reaction against work. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so the next one is reaction against fame. Yeah, in a way. Well, it, but it's, it's it's. I'm writing it's, a blurb for you here, aren't I? But uh, fame is. What Gervais called his third, <laughs> his third hour. It's not. Um, it's not. Uh, it's, it's. It's about. It's, yeah. The the show that I did last year was a. You know, I worked eight hours a day and then at night for ten fifteen minutes. You know, you did it. Just a mad. Yeah. Thing. So now it's like you spend a day on your own, and then for fifteen minutes do a mad thing. But do you live on your own and so. No, but you know, no one's in. They're at work. Okay. There's these flatmates, huh? Yeah. And you kind of, when they come in, you go, well, how was work today? What did you say? I've been, I've been watching Cheers. <laughs> it's, you joke, but it's, uh, it is like that. But the thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't know now whether they, they, they come, I'm just trying to work it all out still. Well, look, the laundrette, the laundrette, you know, it's, it's nice in there. Well, you it's haven't warm. got a washing machine in your no, house. The, the dryer, it's right. warm in there, the rhythms. Yes, but getting the, you, the sounds. Yeah. I'm gonna like we're gonna have to finish now. But I suggest you buy yourself a pair of headphones and uh, listen to some tunes because I think you need to be hearing things all the time, John. <laughs> Just Big Ben on loop. Maybe. Well, I'm, 
think of worse. But listen, thank you so much for coming in. Just uh, quickly, uh, Ruben Castro, uh, the pet exterminator, is coming in. It's just because uh, with the floods and stuff, they're saying... Is he all, really a pet? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's all pretty much uh, like insects apparently moving indoors. Have you any any problems with this yourself at the moment? Uh, some scaffolding was put up outside of my house. By, by ants? Uh, <laughs> that, that'd be bin men doing, doing nixes. <laughs> yeah. But apparently mice can run up the scaffolding and down the chimney. Is that just not a song? <laughs> yeah, there is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, an old, it's an old 50s... Uh... So, no, no, it's true, they can go, they can do that. Have you... We had them, up and they did exactly that, came down the yeah. chimney. Well, see, I, I, I did have a cat, she died, but I had two dogs and a cat, and a mouse came in once, very brave, considering I've got an army of animals, but the cat just kind of went, all right, and kind of pointed yeah, to the dog. Yeah, that's a big myth that cats get rid of mice, apparently. The bloke told us that, the exterminator came around and said, not true. It's a myth. It's a myth. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Well, we got, well, we'll ask. Re- Ruben Castle, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, first question, is it a myth that um, cats will not chase mice? Mine do. Mine are really friendly. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate your time. That's the uh, end of the uh, podcast, <laughs> Under the Radar. Uh, thank you so much, John and Ash. Uh, this has been a Dogs in the Field Productions, and thank you again to uh, Maple Street Studios. Ruben, thanks very much for your time.